0: Hey guys, moment of honesty right here. I've recorded this intro like 27 times, at least, at the very least, 27 times. I actually recorded this entire episode and it came out to 39 minutes and then I listened to it and I was like, I don't like it. I'm redoing it. And then I couldn't get the intro done. <laughs> so instead of officially introing this episode, I'm just going to tell you straight up what we're doing. I wrote out a list of questions that I'm going to go through and read them and answer them so that you can get to know me because I'm your host and you should get to know me because I'm super cool. Anyway, we're just going to get straight into the questions and go through them. Yay. Yay. Okay, first question. If you could be one Disney villain, who would you be and why? I would be Captain Hook because one, he has the best hair. I don't, I don't think you can argue with this. Captain Hook, his hair is so voluminous and so thick. Like you just know that man has like the best hair care routine of all time, and I'm begging him to drop it. Please, I want Captain Hook's hair. Two, because he has a super cool hat, like, his hat with the feather, I want that. I would wear that unironically, for sure, like, just around, just to, just to Kroger, to buy some sushi at Kroger, like, that's where I would wear that hat. Um, three, because I don't think he's actually that evil. Because, okay, here is my defense of that. Captain Hook is just trying to defend himself. Peter Pan cut off his hand and fed it to a crocodile. And he's just, like, mad about that. He's just trying to get revenge because nobody wants their hand to be cut off. So I feel like he's not even that bad a guy. He's just he's just trying to... Keep Peter Pan from cutting his other hand off. You know. So I would want to be Captain Hook. He's the coolest. And he has the best hair. And the best fashion. So yeah. Captain Hook is my man. Next question. If you knew today was the last day of your life. How would you spend it? Well. Right now it is 10.42pm. So I don't have a lot of time left in this day. (laughs) Um. So if today was truly the last day, like, if I only had until midnight, I wouldn't really have any time to do anything fun or, like, even good. So I think all I would do is call all of my friends and, like, family and just be like, hey guys, just wanted to tell you I loved you. And then just, like, call everybody and just say that to everyone. Because that way, like, those would be my last words to them. And that would be really nice. So I think that's what I would do. What hobby would you get into if time and money weren't an issue? Okay, I really want to say something like super fun and cool like caving. I have thought about caving so much. like I feel like it would be the coolest hobby of all time. But I would never do caving. So like that can't be my answer. I feel like if I really, if I'm really honest to myself and to you, obviously, I think my hobby would be pottery. Like, I would just spend all of my time and all of my money making mugs. That's it. That's all I would do. Just just learn how to do really good mugs and, like, bowls. Those would be my two things that I just made every day. All day, every day what job would you be terrible at? I actually have a really good answer for this one because I discovered it the other day. I was trying to design a logo for this podcast and I could not do it. I spent, you know, Canva, like the online website where you can like design logos and like cool Instagram posts and, like, posters and all of that. Yeah, I got the free trial for Canva, like, the unlimited stuff, and I spent about five hours trying to design a logo for my podcast, and it still looks like a toddler could have done it. Like, I kid you not, I worked so hard on this logo, and I bet my little brother could have done a better job. Like, I bet you. So, my job that I would be terrible at is a graphic designer. I would not be able to do it at all. I know that. So, and that's okay. You know, it's okay. At least I have a kind of-ish logo. Like, it has the name on it. It'll be fine. People know what my podcast is. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Okay, next question. What fictional place would you like to go to? absolutely Narnia. Hands down, without a doubt, I would go to Narnia in a heartbeat. Like, I would give up everything. I would give up literally everything. (laughs) No joke. I'm trying to, like, think of what I would give up, but I would give up my entire life in order to go to Narnia. No joke. What do you consider to be your best find? I'm guessing this means like thrifting or something like that, but I don't really go thrifting that often. So I would say my best find has been my Himalayan salt lamp that I found in my grandmother's basement. I use that salt lamp all the time. I brought it to college, I bring it to my grandma's house when I go to visit her. Sometimes I bring it to sleepovers if I'm, like, spending, like, a few nights with them. Like, I bring it everywhere. It is my baby. Like, it basically is my baby at this point. What is your favorite drink? Ooh, definitely chai lattes. An iced chai latte is the best drink that exists, hands down. I could drink, like, 20 of them a day. Maybe not 20, but definitely like 7. I've drank 7 in a day before, for sure. What are some small things that make your day better? Okay, if I'm having a bad day, the first thing that I do is take a shower. Something about just taking a shower, putting on fresh clothes, putting on fresh deodorant, brushing my teeth, just like the whole spiel, it just makes me feel so much better when I'm just all clean. Also, my day is always better when I just take some time to make a good cup of tea. Like, I mean, really, like, steep that tea bag, put the cream in, like, sit down and savor my tea and just not rush through it. I feel like my day is always better. Um, also, watching a comfort movie is my go-to. I always do that when I'm sad or, like, upset or stressed. Like, I just- all of my comfort movies are just comforting, you know? Obviously. Next question is, what are your comfort movies? Okay, I have a very strong opinion about what my comfort movies are. Not- I don't even know if it's an opinion because it's just- I'm the only one that thinks about it. But my comfort movies are- Ten Things I Hate About You, I think that's the best movie ever, in my opinion. For me, though. It, if somebody asks me if Ten Things I Hate About You is the best movie of all time, like I'm gonna have to say no. It's not. It's it's really not. But for me, I think it's the best movie, you know? So Ten Things I Hate About You, A Rainy Day in New York, it's a Woody Allen movie with Timothy Chalamet, and that movie is truly what made me fall in love with Timothy Chalamet. No joke. So, A Rainy Day in New York. Um, Peter Pan. I love Peter Pan. I feel like this is, like, my ultimate comfort movie because I watched it all the time when I was a child. So, now when I watch it, it's just, like, like, ultimate comfort. You know? It's just amazing. And I'm just transported back to, like, being seven years old and sitting on my couch and, like eating popcorn with my mom, and, like, everything is right in the world, you know? And then my last comfort movie is Breakfast at Tiffany's. And I, I watch this movie when I'm hopelessly lost in life. When I'm, like, thinking to myself, like, oh my goodness, what is the next thing I do in my life? Like, I just turn on Breakfast at Tiffany's because it because holly Golightly doesn't know what she's doing with her life either but she she's fine she makes it you know so if holly go lightly can make it i can make it you know okay what tv channel doesn't exist but really should i have thought long and hard about this one The TV channel that should exist is a channel that exclusively plays movies and TV shows set in boarding schools. I'm obsessed with boarding schools, especially if they're not in America. If they're like in Europe or even like in Vermont or something. I don't want to see a boarding school in Mississippi. Absolutely not. I would click off of that movie so fast. But no, a boarding school in Vermont? Oh, yeah. Oh, please. So, Like, please make a channel that just plays boarding school movies and TV shows. Like, that's all I want out of life. For real. What age do you think you could permanently be? Okay, this is an interesting question because I feel like I can't accurately answer it because I haven't been all the ages. But if I had to pick, I think I would... choose like somewhere between 37 and 39. So like 37, 38, 39. Because I feel like if you have kids early enough, like in your 20s, then your kids are already like kind of older. You know, they're not like babies anymore. So you like have some element of freedom where you don't have to be like nursing a baby and changing a baby's diaper at all times. Like your child can feed itself and like clothe itself. So like you have that going for you, but then you also, like, have your life kind of figured out, you know? I would say at, like, 39, most people have a pretty good idea of, like, how their life is gonna go, you know? Like, I feel like there's always exceptions, obviously, but, like, when you're 39, you have it figured out. I'm pretty sure. I obviously, and I don't know, I haven't been 39, but, like, I'm pretty sure that's what happens. Next question, what is something that is considered a luxury, but you don't think you could live without? For me, it would definitely be my essential oils and my heating pad because I can't live without those. I I truly think that if somebody took away my lavender essential oil, I might pass away. Truly. Like, I think I might die. Because I, lavender, I use it for everything. I use it when I'm anxious. I use it before I fall asleep. I use it right after the shower. I use it right when I wake up. Like, I use my lavender essential oil all day, every day. And I also use my heating pad. Did I say heating pad before? Heating pad is my other one. I use my heating pad all the time. And, like, if somebody took that away, like, I would not be able to fall asleep. Like, I would just not sleep forever and ever until I passed away in death because I did not have a heating pad. So, yeah, those are my two items that, like, I cannot live without. What is something you like doing the old fashioned way? I prefer calling people to texting them. I feel like a lot of people are like this, but There's also a lot of people that aren't like this, you know, but I do think that calling someone is always a better way to communicate every day, like over texting all the time Um, because you can just have a more meaningful conversation over the phone than you can over text you know and like there's no there are there's less chance of things getting misinterpreted over the phone because you can hear someone's voice you can tell like what their tone is and like if they're actually interested you know whereas like over text there's no way to know like you don't know what people are actually thinking you know so I definitely would say I prefer calling people over texting them which isn't even necessarily old-fashioned, but, like, a lot of people think it is, so that's why I'm saying it. What is something you've recently formed an opinion about? Okay, I actually have a good one for this answer. I recently formed a very strong opinion about oat milk. I don't know why I haven't been drinking oat milk all of my life. It is so delicious. It's so good. Like, it's just so creamy, and, like, it, like, has the perfect flavor where it's not overwhelming if you put other stuff in it like I I put chai in it I make my chai lattes with oat milk so I can still totally taste the chai but it also has like this like very like nice rich undertone that just like brings out this whole different level to the chai and it's just delicious and I have a very strong opinion that like oat milk should be the superior milk like, people should just stop drinking dairy milk, like, normal milk. Just drink oat milk. I promise. It's so delicious. It's so good. Okay, next question. <laughs> if you were a dictator of a small island, what crazy dictator stuff would you do? I actually have a very specific answer for this one, and i I was talking about this with my sister earlier today, so this is the second time I'm going to get on a rant about this, but it's fine because it's very important. If I were a dictator, my first act of dictatorship would be to outlaw all of the white cars on my small island because I hate white cars. I think they are the ugliest things in all of existence i don't even know why i have such strong opinions about white cars like they're just a car like they're just a color for a car it affects nothing about the car but for some reason i would truly rather walk than ever own a white car like i would probably uber every day Rather than own a white car. I think they are hideous. I think they just like represent a failed marriage. Like every time I look at a white car. I'm like ooh. Your marriage is not going well man. Like I I just know it. And if you're a teenager and you have a white car. Like you're burnt out. You're not doing well in life. I just know it. Like, I know it. If you buy a white car, it's, oh, I know, I know. It's the equivalent of a girl cutting bangs in the bathroom at 3 a.m. by herself, you know? It's just like, I see a white car and I'm like, something had to lead to a breakdown for you to buy that. Like, something is going horribly wrong in your life for you to look at that car and say, that's the color I want. White. I want that car. Like, what, why would you do, why would you do that? It makes no sense. It's hideous. Oh, it just makes me so angry, and I, this is the worst, like, this is the worst thing to have an opinion on, because I have some friends that drive white cars, and I just, like, I can't even, I can't even talk to them about it. Like, they would never understand. Most people don't understand, but if you understand, like you're on a different level, we're on this level together, white cars are hideous, and if I was a dictator of a small island, I would ban them immediately, that would be my first act, the very first thing, like, I'd be crowned dictator, and I'd be like, all of the white cars, burn them, trash them, throw them in a landfill, like, I don't care, just get them off of my island, that would be the first thing I would do. Sorry, that was super heated, and this is actually the second time that I've gotten onto this rant. Actually, the third time, because I was, yeah, so I I had gotten onto this rant quite a few times in the last few days, but it's fine, it's fine. Just get rid of the white cars, that's what I say. If I were president of the world, I would ban white cars, for sure. Okay, what fad or trend do you hope comes back? I really want those little hair feathers from, like, 2010 to come back. You know, those, like, like, the girls would staple them to their hair and they would get them done, like, in the salon and everything, and they would like, they were so, they were kind of ugly, but they were also so cute, but I want them to come back so badly because I never got to do them. My mom and dad would not let me staple feathers to my hair. They were like, that's tacky, and I was like, no, mom, it is the cool, like, it is the epitome of coolness, and the more often you changed them out, and the more that you had, the cooler you were. I remember this girl who had three, and she changed them, like, every week, and she was so cool, like, I wanted to be her so badly, she went to my church, and I just, like, I didn't have any hair feathers, and I was just not cool at all, so yeah, I secretly, like, not even secretly, like, I actually talk about this quite a lot, like, I want the hair feathers to come back, can those please come back, I'm literally begging, like, I would pay money to have those come back, just so that I could be cool, because now I can get my own hair feathers without my mom's permission. So, yeah, bring those back, please. Okay, what did you think you would grow out of but haven't yet? I thought that I would grow out of my acne by now. Because my grandma told me that it would be over by the time I was 16. She was like, oh, you just had really bad acne when you were 13 and 14. Like, it'll be fine when you're 16, No, Grandma, I'm 18 now and I still have bad acne and it's still annoying. And okay, it has gotten a lot better and I don't even hate my acne. Like, it doesn't bother me that much. I don't really care. But like, it's also just kind of annoying, you know? Like, come on. Why can't I just grow out of it? Come on, just get rid of it. Get off. What dumb accomplishment are you really proud of? I have a good one for this. So, this is truly the dumbest accomplishment ever, but I read Twilight, the book, in less than two hours. Like, I just, like, breezed through it, and I don't know why, but I truly think that that is, like, really good. Like, I feel like that is a good accomplishment, just reading that I don't even know if that's fast like maybe people read Twilight in like an hour and I'm just really slow but like I felt like that was fast for me at least so I'm super proud of the fact that I read Twilight in under two hours yeah if you could make one rule that everybody had to follow what would it be? I think my one rule would be to make everybody wash their hands after using the bathroom because it has genuinely shocked me the amount of people that don't wash their hands after using the bathroom like it truly horrifies me to see it and like and people will talk about it like they they talk about not washing their hands and I'm like that's disgusting Go back and wash your hands. So, yeah. Maybe that should be what I do as a dictator instead of the white cars. Maybe I should be like, guys, the first law is that if you use the bathroom, you have to wash your hands with soap. Like, just straight up pull a mom vibe and be like, did you wash with soap? No? Then go back. You know? But, yeah. I wish everybody would wash their hands because if you don't, that's really gross. I'm not even going to lie to you. That's disgusting. What stereotype do you live up to? I feel like I really live up to the older sister stereotype. Like, I am just your quintessential older sister who has mental issues but also would do anything for her siblings and also kind of emulates some mom vibes like i feel like i just like older sisters are kind of a second mom and i feel like that's me in all honesty i really do as you become older what is something you become more and more afraid of okay this one actually has a kind of serious answer I have become more and more afraid of becoming a bad parent if I ever have children because there are just certain qualities that I have that I don't think would be good for children to have to experience you know and I've been working on them obviously because I want to be a parent one day and I want to be a good parent but I'm also really worried that like no matter how hard I try, I'm going to be a bad parent, and I don't want to do that. Like, I do not want to have a child if I'm not able to be a good parent to them, and to give them the love, and, like, support, and encouragement that they need, you know? I'm, I'm, I have to be a good parent, you know? I don't have to be perfect, but I definitely, like, I want to be a good parent, at least, and I'm always, like, I've become, really worried that, like, for some reason, I won't be a good parent. What is something you can never get right? Okay, I can never get the recipe for fried rice right. I have tried so many times to make fried rice. Like, I've bought all of the fancy ingredients and everything. Like, the sesame oil, the oyster sauce, the jasmine rice, the white pepper, like everything. And for some reason, it just doesn't turn out perfectly. Like it's always good, but it's never restaurant quality, which is what I'm aiming for. You know, like I want to get the restaurant quality rice. What are risks that are worth taking? In my opinion, I think that anything you're passionate about is worth taking a risk in. If, for example, you are super passionate about like art or English or anything like that might not get you the most money, but you just are so passionate about it, I truly think that it's worth taking the risk to pursue a job in that area rather than maybe going down a different path and getting a job that you're not passionate about. I think it's always worth taking a risk if you're passionate about something because you're going to be infinitely more happy. Um, You're going to do a better job if you're passionate about your job. And you're just going to be more fulfilled in life in general. So I think if you're passionate about anything it's worth taking a risk in. What irrational fear do you have? Okay, my worst irrational fear is being buried alive. And I know that it's not ever gonna happen. You know, I have to tell myself that every day. Like, I the probability of me being buried alive is so slim, it's never going to happen but I'm still terrified. You know, I still, I read an article a few months ago about how to get out if you're buried alive. Um, and I am very glad I read that article just in case I ever get buried alive. It, it really wasn't that helpful. Like I would probably still die, but like now I feel like I have some skills under my belt. Like if I ever got buried alive, like I know what to do. I really do, you know? What do you hope your last words will be? I really hope my last words are, I love you. And I don't even care to whom they are addressed. I just want them to be, I love you. Whether that be to a doctor or to a child of mine or to my significant other or to my cat. Like, I don't care. I just want my last words on this earth to be, Something having to do with love. Because I think that's the most important thing. What were some of the turning points in your life? One of the big turning points in my life, I think, was getting over my fear of admitting when I liked someone. Like, romantically. I always used to be absolutely terrified when I had a crush... Because I thought that it was, like, the the most humiliating thing if they found out. Like, truly, if, if my crush found out that I liked them, I would be mortified. Like, absolutely mortified. And then, when I was 17, I ended up just straight up admitting to my crush that I liked him. He, well, okay, he actually found out that I liked him, and at that point, I was like, okay, I might as well tell him since he already knows, you know, so I was like, hey, I like you, and he was like, oh, thanks, I only like you as a friend, and I was like, that's fine, bro, like, no big deal, like, we're, we're bros, we're friends, and I feel like by doing that, even though nothing came out of that, I feel like I grew as a person, because now i'm able to be like more open about my feelings because i look around and i'm like okay nothing happened when i admitted that i liked my crush so like probably nothing bad is gonna happen if i admit i like another crush you know like you know it'll either be good or i'll move on you know like i'll move past it it won't be that big a deal so i feel like that was a really big turning point in my life just like being open with my emotions what is the hardest lesson you've had to learn? One of the hardest lessons that I've ever had to come to terms with is the fact that I'm not in charge of my own life. My life is just determined by so many things other than myself. One, it's determined by what God wants to do with my life, obviously. Like, he has his plan and, like, no matter what I want, I can't really change that. But it's also determined so much about what opportunities are presented to me, what types of people I choose to hang around, you know, what types of friends I have. Um, It's just determined by so many things that I don't have control over. And I think it's been a really eye-opening lesson to realize that I really am not in charge of every aspect of my life at all. Like, there are certain things I can do and make decisions that will impact my life, and I'm in charge of those, but I'm not in charge of every aspect, and I can't determine how my entire life is laid out. And that's been a hard pill to swallow, but it's also kind of been very comforting because if I'm not truly completely in charge of my own life then I'm not responsible for every problem that happens, you know? Like, sometimes things happen for reasons outside of me, you know? So, that's, like, really comforting. What are some things you have had doubts about? Okay, one of my worst fears slash doubts is that my friends don't actually like me, which is really dumb, but it's, a very valid fear and, like, doubt, you know? Like, I always am worried that people don't remember me when I'm not around. They don't really think of me. They don't really care if I'm there or not. Um, and that's been something that I've had to kind of check myself when I get down those thought processes where I'm like, oh my gosh, like, none of my friends actually like me. Nobody actually wants me here. I have to, like, physically be like, hold up, stop that thought. People like you or else they would not hang out with you, you know? So, that is definitely something I have doubts about, but it's also something that I have been working on really hard to change those doubts. What is something you want to be remembered for? I want to be remembered for being generous with my love and kindness And just being generous with everything that I have, whether that be, like, my time and just, like, generously giving of my time to volunteer or to listen to people and their problems or just to, like... Sit with someone, you know. I want to be generous with my time. I want to be generous with my kindness. I always want to be known for going the extra mile and for doing things that I didn't have to do. And I just, I want to be known for being generous with my love, always doling out love where it's not deserved because, like, that's, I've seen that with myself. So much like when people have just been so generous to me, and to me, that is just some of the most impacting moments of my life. Like when people do things that they did not have to do, or show me kindness and love when that I did not deserve it at all, and I remember those moments so clearly and those people so clearly, and I really hope that one day I will be one of those people, and I hope that I am one of those people now, but that's just something that I am working towards, just being generous with everything that I have. What do you regret not doing or starting when you were younger? I regret not writing more. I should have written more stories because I used to keep this notebook filled with every single story or idea I ever had when I was in third grade and I recently found this notebook. It was actually a binder and it was filled and like there were some amazing stories in there. Like truly not very well written, but, like, the ideas were amazing, and they were just so original and so creative, and I think I used to have more imagination, and I blame the internet, you know, and I blame my phone for stealing some of that away, um, but I wish I had written more, because then I would have, like, stories that I could draw inspiration from you know but like that's okay you know I can still write now I can still have good ideas now but like I really do wish that I had written more when I was younger. How do you hope to change as a person in the future? I really hope that I become a better person in the future and that's something that I'm working on right now. I hope that I become a better person by being less selfish and more willing to be open to other people's thoughts, because those are my two biggest areas of flaws. I can tend to be very selfish and very set in my ways of thought, so I really hope that I learn to be more selfless, and I also learn to be more open to other people's opinions and thoughts and experiences, and I hope that I learn that I'm not always right, you know, and I feel like I have been learning that, but it's just, it's always an ongoing process, for sure. Okay, how many people have you said, I love you to, without actually meaning it? I wanted to answer this question because I don't think I've ever said I love you without meaning it and I think it's because to me there are so many different types of love that it's practically impossible for me to say I love you without really meaning it because like there's the love that I have for my parents you know and I tell them I love them like every night before I go to bed you know and just randomly sometimes so like there's that kind of love but then there's also the love I have for my best friends which is like a different kind of love and I tell them I love you like every time I get off the phone with them and that kind of thing but then there's also like a different type of love that I have for like the waiter that gave me a free sweet tea at the restaurant, you know, like, like, I, like, when a waiter gives me a free sweet tea, like, that is just an act of kindness that, like, they did not have to do, and, like, because of that, I love them, you know, because they were kind, and they took time out of their day to do something that would make me happy, without having to do it, you know, like, they didn't have to do that at all, so, like, I'll say love you to any and everyone, and I always mean it for different reasons, like, I definitely do not love the waiter in the same way that I love my parents, but I still love them in their own way, you know, because they are a person, and because they're so special, and because they took time out to show me kindness, you know, so I just feel like there are so many different types of love, Okay. What can cheer you up when life gets hard? This is my favorite question because I, my cat, that is the answer. My cat is what will cheer me up when life gets hard. Um, my cat is my child and I love her to death. She's amazing. She's phenomenal. She's everything I have ever wanted out of a cat and I just, like, I adore her. I love her so much. Her name is Rilla. She's named after the Anne of Green Gables character, Marilla, and also Anne's daughter, whose name is actually Rilla. So she's named after Marilla and Rilla. So I just love her to death. She is an angel. She will always cheer me up when life gets hard, and she's just amazing, and I love her. Okay, well, on that note, I am going to go ahead and head out to bed because now it is 11.20 and I'm getting tired because I'm a grandma and I'm ready to go to sleep and I was planning to go to sleep by 11 but I overshot it by 20 minutes. So, it's okay. It's fine. It's all good. But anyway, I had such a fun time. Talking to you today and just answering these random questions and just really having a fun time. Um, if you would like me to get to know you, please email the podcast. It's Becca in the attic at gmail.com. And I would absolutely love to hear from you. You can literally just email me and be like, hey, my name is blah, blah, blah. Here are my answers to these questions, and I will read them, and I will be overjoyed to read them because I think it would be so cool to get to know you and get to know who I'm talking to. But anyway, I'm going to head to bed, and it was a joy to talk to you tonight, and I will see you for the next episode. Bye!